morning and welcome into another episode of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5 and the free iHeartRadio app. Quack, quack, honk, honk, vroom, vroom. I'm Stan Poggle and my co-host, legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer, Chris Kudak, joining in as well. Uh, sounds like you're uh, causing trouble again there, buddy. Well, yeah, nice day, a little windy out this morning, the, the weatherman didn't get it too right, the, you know, the, the, it wasn't supposed to be windy, and it was supposed to be sunny, and... Well, yeah, they were talking it, 50s for next week, uh, it doesn't look like that's going to happen now either, it looks like we're going back into the deep freeze. Well, you know, we were up on the big pond this morning, we had Bill Lunn, our buddy of ours from Channel 5 there, and we had Tony, and little PP was up there with us, and a bunch of other guys, and... We got out to our spot this morning on the tulip hole, and I thought it was a fishing contest. There was wheelhouses everywhere. You know, Dickie, he plows a, a road out for everybody. He's got a road to Nine Mile. He's got a road to the, oh, a couple other little flats, and he's got a road to the per- tulip hole. Well, if you go out to Dickie's over at Liberty, he's got a sign there that says, Road Pass, you know, beyond your honor type system deal. And he gets there and I think one guy or two guys paid. The rest of them just drove off. So Dickie was out there when we left. And we, we got you know, we, we got a fair amount of tulipies. It wasn't as good as the last few times we were out. And, but it was, you know, cloudy and windy, cold. We fished, you know, I fished out of my truck door, so I left my truck running and I but we caught we had some we had some nice tulipies. I mean it was fun. But I'm sure now with this warm weather, if it shows up, they'll they'll really start biting again. Yeah, well, I don't think we've been losing much ice. I was checking the forecast here in the metro, and it is going to get above freezing, obviously, over the next few days. But checking the low temperatures, it's going to get well below freezing, you know, in the mid to lower 20s even. So I don't think we're going to lose too much ice. I mean, but at the same time, you know, with that wind we had here yesterday and today and the warmer temperatures, that's obviously going to knock it down, obviously, uh we encourage safety out there on the ice. Uh, I wouldn't recommend driving driving the truck out anymore, at least here in the metro, because the landings are pretty bad. Not to mention, uh, it's it's uh, nice enough now. You can get a little walk in, you know, and get out there. But uh, I think we're gonna we might be uh, in trouble for the governor's fishing opener on March twelfth. As just talking to Sue here before the show about it, and I don't know, we might be busting ice on the opener this year. Uh, May twelfth, you mean? No, we got we got. Uh, I think out there, you know, that, that's going to, you know, they've had a lot more snow. I don't think they got the ice like we got up here. I mean, we're still down. We got an extension on it. We're, we're still at the bottom of the augers. We're just making it through. There's a lot. Of, I mean, we've got three feet ice plus up here. Uh, the snow has melted. I tell you what, I've seen so many deer this morning. Uh, you know, this morning and this afternoon, all the ones from last year, they're all over. They're standing in the ditches. They're laying alongside 169 this morning. I mean, the animals are out. I mean, it's uh, uh, it's it's that time of year. But I mean, the pheasants are out. The, the turkeys are out. Everything's out. Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of pheasants here. Last week, I was on the road for a couple of days, and uh, I was surprised as I kind of out in Southwest Minnesota a little bit, and uh, actually uh, ran into a few pheasants out there. So that's good to see. They're out uh, picking a little gravel on the side of the road, and I saw a couple different uh, patches of them. So. So that's a good thing, but uh, let's uh, get to what we're going to have on the show here today. Um, of course, uh, it came out officially, uh, no no uh, 
taking fish or taking walleyes from Malax. We'll get into that uh, here a little bit later. Also, there's a big controversy with muskie stocking up there in Ottertail County. There's a bill to kind of put the kibosh on that and keep it out of the non native lakes as they call it so we could have a big battle between walleye and and uh musky fishermen and we'll chat a little bit about that with nick cox from tonka fishing too he's going to be joining us here in the next segment kuduk and he's down there at the northwest sports show so we'll be able to get a report uh kind of how the activity is going down there but uh just real quickly uh, what how where do you fall as far as uh this musky stock and do you think the local county should be able to do it should it be kind of across the board um, it seems like, you know, some people are trying to get little uh, special things for their certain area. Well, you know, muskie, you're, you're, you're talking, they're, they're taking a, a fish that's not in that lake, and now they're going to put muskies in there like they did in Mille Lacs years ago, and you, you can see what the northerns and the muskies have done to Mille Lacs with, the, with our bait fish population and uh, the rest of the stuff. You know what, if, if the muskies ain't in the lakes, as far as I'm concerned, don't put them in there. I mean, the muskie guys, yeah, they, you catch a muskie, guys don't eat muskies. They catch them, they take a picture of them, they throw back. Well, I that's mean, part of this new legislation, too, is they want to change the length restrictions. I believe it's 54 and over, or, yeah, 54 and over, but now they're going to drop it way down. They're, they're talking about a 20-inch uh, 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 keep limit. Yeah, but guys don't keep them. I mean, they take a picture of them, and they, you know, they throw them back. I mean, I've done it. You know, they ain't no good to eat. I, you know, I wouldn't eat one. And, you know, guys, musky fishermen are trophy fishermen. They want to catch one. If it's a trophy fish, they might take a picture, get a replica made, but they throw it back. So you're, and the muskies, they, 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 you know, they reproduce just like anything else. They reproduce a lot. So once you put muskies in some of these lakes, pretty soon it gets overrun by them. I mean, I, we got some lakes up here that are so full of northerns. You know, now they're all three, four pounders. They don't get any bigger than that. And there's, there's oodles of them. I mean, you could go out there and put hot dogs. You can put anything on and they're going to bite them because they're, 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 they're hungry. They're scavengers. But at the same time, I mean, what's, uh, you know, who are you to say, you know, well, we can stock, can't stock muskies, but oh yeah, I want walleye stocked. Well, what if you're a muskie guy? That's not really fair either. Well, then again, you got to look at it this way, Stan. You know, they stay, they, they, uh, we'll just take Black for an example now. They stocked Black many, many years ago. Okay, now we got this. We can't keep that. We can't keep that. Well, okay, muskies were, were the native fish to the lake. They were, what do they call them? Uh, non-native. Non-native lakes, species, yeah. Whatever. Yep. Well, okay, well, well, actually, they say we have no wallies in there. Well, let's go have the bait guy put minnows in, like I've been saying for years, and put some forage in there, put some sunnies, put some crappies, put some saugers in the lake. You know, saugers is a cross between a, a walleye and whatever. Put some of them in the lake. You know, put some fish in the lake that people can take. You know, look at Lake of the Woods. you got walleyes and saugers there, so you can take four walleyes, does... three walleyes and two saugers or three saugers. Or four. I mean... We got all this money for the DNR. Let's use some of this money. Well, why not? Why not use it for musky fishing? It's one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing uh, outdoors thing here in the state of Minnesota. It brings in a lot of money, and you can say, "Well, these guys don't buy bait," but they do buy thirty, forty dollar fishing lures and thousand dollar fishing rods and three hundred dollar reels and fifty dollar spool fishing line. So they are putting a lot of money into the economy. Uh, what? Why no, not? Why I, not take advantage of that uh, income source or that resource that we have here? People come from all over to fish them. But 
got, you know, there's, there's so many pros and cons on the deal. You wave it. Uh, all right, the Muskie guys, yeah, they spend a lot of money. You know, they probably spend 100 times more than the bass guys do. And the walleye guys, they spend a bundle of money, but nobody, you know, they strip walleyes from one lake and put them into the other lake, and then they do this, they do that. I mean, it's 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 a uh, it's a hard road to follow on this. You know, I mean, it's going to be a battle. If people don't want muskies in their lake because the panfish are going to be gone, or or the forage is going to be gone, so I mean, it's it's. I mean, if if a group says, okay, we're going to take Lake Six over here, we're going to put you know, all these muskies in. Well, then five years or ten years down the road, don't complain because there's no fish in that lake. Well, there is uh, some science behind it, if you want to call it that, and many studies have been done, and from what I've read, it it seems that, you know, they don't affect the populations of those other fish as much as a lot of people, especially, uh, I guess, the uh, walleye crowd, the walleye cheerleaders, um, you know, who say all oh, these muskies are eating all the walleyes, but there's there's data and science and biology to... I guess prove that otherwise, but it is a lot of it is uh, done by the DNR, which you know a lot of people, especially those up in your neck of the woods, uh, don't really. I guess uh, I would say trust the DNR's uh, numbers. So, but we'll get into that a little bit later. That'll be a good discussion. I think we can uh, get you going a little bit on that. But uh, we'll be chatting about that. So uh, if you'd like to call in six five one nine eight nine five eight five five, I know a lot of guys, Kuduk, uh, like yourself and myself. I mean. We're both walleye guys. I love the state fish, and I love to eat them. But, you know, at the same time, I think you, you can't limit yourself to one species either. And and if if what's good for the walleye anglers is stocking, why why not stock muskies if there isn't anything proven that says they're uh, detrimental to these other species? So we'll get into that here uh, after the break. We'll maybe chat a little bit with Nick Cox, too, about it. He uh, fishes a lot out on Minnetonka, which, of course, uh, a lot of people do a lot of musky fishing out there. Um, he is also down at the Northwest Sports Show, so we will uh, get a report from down there. Nick Cox, Atonka Fishing, coming up next. Also, they got a big crappie tournament coming up here in the next month or so. So all that and more coming up when Outdoor Adventures continues here. And Kudok's requested song is coming up next, so you don't want to miss that either. Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. East of Omaha, you can listen to the engine moaning out his one note song. You can think about the woman or the girl you knew the night before. Well, now I know why you wanted me to play that one, Kudak. That's right up your alley. No, that's for you. No, no, no. It's uh, the one you knew the night before. That's what I said for you. Yeah, right, whatever. Uh, Outdoor Adventures back here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Uh, We got into it a little bit before the break, uh, the latest uh, on the bill to, I guess, ban muskie stocking up there in Ottertail County. I know a lot of the locals up there are for it, uh, including the mayor. I read a couple of uh, articles, and he's kind of for it as well, but... We'll get into that a little bit, maybe, too, with our next guest, Nicholas Cox of uh, Tonka Fishing. And uh, he is joining us right now on Outdoor Adventures. Good afternoon, Nick. How are we doing? Hey, fellas. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. 
So you are down at the Northwest Sports Show, and I'm guessing with the warmer weather, things are probably picking up down there. People pretty pumped up for the open water season, I'm guessing? Yes, sir. We've got it's day three or four. Uh, there's lots going on. The aisles are still packed. I'm thinking that. I haven't seen outside yet, but if that weather did hold off, uh, that is the reason that these people are coming out. And there's no shortage of things to do here or things to see or places to go, boats to look at. And I'm sitting at the Kingfisher booth right now with Foster Brothers Marine kind of overlooking everything. And, I mean, people keep on rolling in, so it's pretty nice. Yeah, you guys got, we got cold weather up here. The sun finally came out on Mille Lacs here about 2 o'clock, but it was pretty chilly and windy up here. And, you know, we didn't get the snow that they were talking about or the rain or the stuff. So, you know, there's a lot going on. And, and, uh, I, I, I suppose you're, you're going to go to the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame induction. I think that's at 6 o'clock tonight in the auditorium. I, uh, I will do my best. I'm working, uh, the Phantom booth, uh, 435. Um, just, we got some walleye crankbaits and things like that. So kind of if things were to die down, that would be a great place to be. But, boy, I don't know if I'll be able to sneak out of the booth. So what's new on uh, Minnetonka, Nick? I know you guys sound like you had a pretty good uh, showing as far as uh, guide trips this year. And I know <laughs> fishing out there myself, a lot of ice out there. So uh, I think it's going to probably, the way we're going here, be a late ice out. But still plenty of time to uh Get out there and enjoy. I know we uh, ran into a good uh, pile of crappie here over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, first off, how was the season in general for you uh, this winter? Well, the season on Tonka was really great. We had good ice all year. We ran a lot of guide trips. Uh, with the Super Bowl in town, it kind of was the place to be in the metro, um, which put a lot of pressure on the fish and kind of made us work a little hard to kind of keep guys on fish or guests on fish. But... Uh, you know, there's no shortage of fish in there, and there's still plenty of ice left. Um, last year, this weekend last year, we were in the boat, and we were crappie fishing, uh, which is complete opposite. I think there's probably at least 18 to 20 good inches of solid ice still out on the lake. Yep. But the landings are pretty beat up, and, you know, that's the, that's the sketchy part. So we're not driving out there, but we are pulling sleds or ATVs and riding snowmobiles still. And yeah, we so, are still on fish, so uh, those and the fish are moving up shallower right now too. We're finding crappies moving in a little bit uh, shallower. The sunfish are moving in right on the weed lines, um, and it's just been a mixed bag of success. Some good fish, and obviously on Lake Minnetonka, you got to kind of weed through the smaller ones too. But you know, we don't mind that. No, uh, it's, it, it, as long as you're catching them, uh, that's the main thing. But, yeah, there is a lot of sorting to do out there. I, I, right. I can speak from experience there, too. But I'm guessing pretty much uh, how much time you think, how are the landing? I know a lot of the landings that I've went off, you know, over the years are, are looking pretty, pretty rough. So uh, is it uh, pretty much kind of getting down to the end here, or how long do you think we'll have yet? Oh, I don't know. I'd say maybe we got a good couple more weeks left. Uh, Alan Elmas every year does a uh, guess, you know, guess when the ice is going off the lake type contest, and they go out there with the chainsaw and they clear ice. So uh, about 10 days ago, I think they posted uh, their first video of that process, and I think they went through 22 or 24 inches of ice. Um, so, I mean, again, it, it, that cold, cold winter, that did it, and that was really nice for us because we didn't, we didn't have that luxury of last year. We, we felt like we had a a late ice up and an early ice out, and uh, really cut it short. But, yeah, I, I think there's still a couple weeks left. 
Yeah, well, when you come on up to Malax, we got three feet. We're driving everywhere, and it's still full of snow. And it's going to be about probably two, three days before open, before if we get some rain and some and some warm weather. It, it'll be interesting, but that's what guys are telling me here at the sports show is there's plenty of ice up there. There's, you know, things are still cracking. So, boy, I don't know. I mean, Mother Nature, I mean, there's just no way to compete with her. We're chatting with Nick Cox of uh, Tonka Fishing. You can find him online there, Tonka Fishing. What is it, TonkaFishing.com? TonkaFishing.com, yep, you got it. And do you, explain to the folks what exactly you all do, because it sounds like you do a little bit of everything out there. Yeah, so Tonka Fishing, What we our ultimate goal is we got a group of eight or nine guys. Um, most of them run guide trips for us, whether it be a personal guide trip with a, with a client, an individual, or a family. And then we have the ability to do corporate guide trips. So that's one element of our uh, a business or passion that, you know, some, turning something that we have a passion into into a business. Um, so there's the guide service. And then the second angle is the sister company of Tonka Fishing is called Minnetonka Media. And we do product promotion and promotional videos and social content and write-ups, things like that, for different companies who want to reach the Lake Minnetonka Fishing audience 12 months out of the year. And I was going to ask you too. Platform for people to, you know, get in on seeing where the fish are catching, and you know, everybody thinks of Lake Minnetonka as is, you know, forty foot boats cruising, and I don't like going out there because of that. You're missing out on some great fishing. Yeah, you kind of got to pick your uh, times and places to do it, but definitely, uh, it's uh, especially you know late in the season. We we're talking about this a couple weeks ago. You know, once once they make you take the uh, permanent ice houses off for for those like you and me that just like to get out there and uh, get a little peace and quiet on the ice. It's yeah, it's a it's it's the best time of the year for ice fishing out there right yeah. now. Yep, absolutely. Couldn't agree with that anymore. I was going to ask you, too, you're down at the Northwest Sports Show. You're at the Phantom Lures booth, but uh, anything uh, sticking out? Is anything uh, big that's new out there or anything that kind of caught your eye that you want to let us know about? Yeah, like I said, uh, the Phantom Lures booth is located right next to the Kingfisher and the Foster Brothers Marine booth. We're booth 435. Uh, Everybody thinks of Phantom Lures as a monkey company, and it's been that way since 1996. Um, in the last couple of years, we actually started releasing walleye crankbaits. We've got four crankbaits. We've got some ice fishing tackle out now. Um, come ICAST in the uh, next couple months, we'll be releasing another crankbait and some other stuff. And uh, we just see as uh, our greatest opportunity is, you know, our walleye baits. We've got a really great base of customers and, uh, and users in our Muskie uh, channel. Um, and we're just looking to kind of expand that because the reality is, is you know, the guys that work for Phantom, we're muskie anglers and we're walleye anglers. We don't discriminate. We love them both. And, and where, where, the, where can these people look at your lures? Are you got a web page you can go to? Or are, they in the, are they in the box stores yet? Yes, yeah. We are in stores. We're in Cabela's. We're in Thorn Brothers, Reeds. Um, but you can get them on phantomlures.com. You can check out some underwater footage on our YouTube channel. Uh, youtube.com forward slash phantom lures we're posting all kinds of updates here from the show on our facebook and instagram pages and one of the coolest things we did this year is we brought in what's called the pirate's chest so if everybody remembers the claw game back from the arcades where you put a quarter in and you mm-hmm. try to get a stuffed animal or a yo-yo yep. we got a claw game in our booth we're the only ones with it it's a buck of play and there's it's loaded to the brim with seven dollar crankbaits so if you, guys, if you want a good chance at winning some cranks, come on down to the Phantom Lures booth. So for a buck, 
Yeah. I think we've gone through probably 350 crankbaits so far in that thing. I tell you what, I can't tell you how much money the carny rats got back from me in the day on the old digger machines. <laughs> I tell you what, they, they made a mint off of me as a child. But, oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, but it's a lot of fun. We're chatting with Nick Cox of uh, Tonka Fishing here. You got time for another segment? Because I definitely want to get your input on this uh, new legislation on these muskies because I think you probably have some good insight on that. Yeah, I'd be happy to stick around. All right, we'll continue with Nicholas Cox of Tonka Fishing. Check him out at TonkaFishing.com, where you can find him as well down at the Northwest Sports Show going on through the weekend here in the Twin Cities. And uh, we'll have more with him and uh, my buddy Chris Kuduk. I'm Stan Poggle on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. We're back into the second half here on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. I'm sure you love that one, huh, Kudak? Oh, yeah. That's a good old classic, a little parliament here, and uh, we got more coming up. Uh, we'll go through a few more shows. we got some cars, some motorcycles in town, so we'll discuss that a little bit later on uh, to wrap up in the final segment here. But right now we're chatting with Nick Cox of tonkafishing.com they do guide service media service as well promotions for your company and uh we're chatting just kind of some some ice fishing here earlier what's happening at the uh sports show and i know uh with spring coming we got the big uh share crappie contest coming up the lions have one out there nick i know and uh there's one for it looks like for veterans as well and I know you had a little bit of information on that and uh, kind of help them promote that a little bit. So I was just kind of curious uh, if you know when that was and uh, what it all entails. That's more of a tournament, correct? Yeah, so uh, there's a gentleman named Mike, and he uh, operates a group called Memories Made Guide Service. And he does a lot of metro area stuff uh, and, and a little bit of stuff on Lake Minnetonka. But he's actually hosting um, a tournament on Saturday, April 21st between 7 a.m. and 2 p.m. It's a $100 registration, and uh, basically uh, there's uh, it's a two-person team, $100, and then there's uh, roughly going to be 40 anglers, and they've got first place payout at $750, second place payout at $500, and a third place payout at $250. Um, so all for a $100 buy-in. You can go out and, you know, as long as there's no ice on the lake, take your chance at a had a real nice tournament there with Mike and Memories Made Guide Service. Yeah, and you can get into some good crappies that time of the year, that's for sure. There's some uh, pretty good crappie fish in there early, uh, right when the ice goes out. Yeah, if we had that type of crappie fishing year-round on Tonka, uh, (laughs) that'd be be pretty spectacular. Yeah, that would be. Unfortunately, it would probably bring a lot more people uh, than they're already there. But uh, So that's coming up uh, April 21st, uh, runs from, what is it, about 8 to 2, and then uh, they're kind of limited to, what, the first 40 boats, right? Yep, first 40 boats. I think they're filling up quick, but if you had questions or you wanted to contact Mike, you can do that. There's an email address. It's memoriesmadeguides at gmail.com, and you can just address that to Mike, and he can answer any questions you have in specifics to the uh to the actual event yeah and i i know it's uh more to benefit uh those that served and veterans and and it's a good thing to kind of get those folks out on the water too and let them have a little fun out there yep so all of the proceeds from the tournament uh basically are benefiting the healing uh the healing patriots organization and they basically provide therapeutic expeditions and other resources for veterans and first responders so we've got a really good thing going here and 
it's a great way for Mike to give back and for the rest of the anglers uh, participating to give back. Well, Kudak, I know you got a boat. If I can uh, get you off the docks, quit oogling those uh, ladies at Fletcher's. Maybe we can go out there and uh, slaughter a few this year. Well, I'll be down there again for the rancher deal. We got, uh, I, I, I got a, a, a secret partner for that one that will reveal the day of the tournament. I got, I got, uh, I got. I got uh, Bring it on, buddy! Gonna, Bring it on! I got a guy that's going to come down here and fish because you never show up because you always got excuses. Hey Stan, I'll fish it with you. We'll, yeah, we'll, me and you will fish it, Stan. We'll see what we can put together. Yeah, I, th- I think we could take the old timers out on this one. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, I don't know these these these, these ones that are fish with their locals over there. They they uh they've been around a while. They they uh they're no slouches in their own right. I'm I'm just going to go along for the ride. I think because I I enjoy being in a boat with these two guys and. I think I, I think I, I don't know for sure, no, but I think I talked to him and they made me fish it. So when when these two come out of the closet, it'll be a surprise for everybody. Well, we don't have to have them come out of the closet. That's a whole other show. But uh, let's continue on with outdoor adventures here. Uh, Nick Cox is our guest from uh, TonkaFishing dot com, and I wanted to get into this before we run out of time, Nick. But uh, we chatted a little bit off the air about it, and I know Kudak and I. Kind of uh, went back and forth a little bit on the at the beginning of the show, but uh, some uh, legislation out there to kind of I guess stop stocking in certain uh, lakes up in uh, Ottertail County, and I'm guessing you know if it starts there, it could uh, spread to other lakes too. But they basically want to stock stop stocking musky in these uh, lakes that musky are non-traditionally uh natural in and use that money instead to stock walleye they want to drop the size limit from 54 to 20 they want to allow spearing of muskies um they want the counties to dictate you know what is stocked which i guess i'm i'm for local control um as far as that um aspect goes um also uh looking for a five-year uh ban of stocking musky in the outer tail lakes and uh then they want to, I think it was $50,000 to study the muskies' effects on other fish populations. Now, from what I've read, I'm not a, I'm, I know a lot of muskie guys. I've, I've, I've thrown a few pounders in my day, uh, just for fun, but never, uh, you know, went on a hardcore trip or anything like that. But it is another resource. It is another source of income, uh, tourism dollars, uh, you know, people stopping at the gas station, the convenience stores, all that fun stuff, the restaurants. Um, but uh, what's your uh, take on this? Uh, I mean, I, I look at it as, you know, the walleyes technically aren't officially native from what I understand either, so I guess it depends on how far you want to go back when it comes to native species. But, you know, I think I don't know if this is the best thing to do because if they can dictate whether or not to stock muskies, they can also dictate whether to stock crappies or walleyes or northerns or any other fish. Sure. You know, and I try to avoid controversy as much as I can, and there's those certain topics as outdoorsmen and sportsmen that and women that we're very passionate about. Um, I myself grew up as a walleye guy. Later on in my life, I got introduced to muskies. I love them both. You know, there's always a, a gap of about a month between walleye opener and muskie opener. And I can tell you that a lot of muskie guys are out there fishing those walleyes in between that period or that interim period until their muskie season starts. It feels like an all-out assault on the muskie, um, especially when you look at the spearing thing. You look at dropping from 54 down to 20 inches. 
um, I think there's a lot of emotions involved, you know, and people create conclusions based on emotions or what their passion is. And that can kind of cloudy the opinions or facts. I know fish biology, I'm no expert, but from everything I've read as well and, and from everything, everything I understand, a walleye and a muskie don't really compete or, you know, uh, go after each other. Um, and secondly, to your point, you're right. I, I believe the number is like 5% of Minnesota water is native walleye population. The other 95% is stockfish. I could be off on those percentages, but I believe I'm pretty close. So, like everything you're alluding to, you know, it's like legislation, right? It's legislating anything. You start one way, and it just kind of paves the way for what's able to be done. Well, the only, the only, I guess, uh, uh, thing I'd maybe argue with you a little bit on, on what you said is, is, you know, they don't compete. But when you're talking about bait fish, I mean, I'm not a musky guy, but I would think they can eat a ton of bait fish. Oh, sure. Yeah, and, and that. So in you know, that way, they do compete a little bit. They do compete for the for a forage source, yeah. But what I'm suggesting is I think there's a lot of emotion around, you know, you put muskies in my lake and now I don't have walleyes. Well, is it because of the muskies? Do you think the muskies are eating the walleyes? What's the answer? So I think some studies and, you know, I don't know how those are funded, um, but I, I'm just in support of the way things are right now. Sure. Uh, I, I would personally not want to see any of those changes. I would not want to see the all-out assault on a muskie. And again, I'm speaking from both sides of my mouth because I love walleyes. I yep. love muskies. Yeah. Well, let's I get uh, Kudak. Let's get Kudak's uh, take on this. What do you think, Kudak? Well, you know, there's you look at Malax, you look at Minnetonka, you look, you know, these like said that have the muskies in. Now, you know, I don't fish muskies, and I'm a walleye guy. Fan fish guy, I fish them all in my guy business. I mean, I've been doing it for years. Bass, you know, everybody catches bass, take a picture, throw them back. Well, now you got no season on Malax, so now guys are keeping the bass. And the guys that catch muskies and big muskies, I mean, I know a lot of guys up here catch muskies. They go all over the country fishing muskies. They catch a big muskie, they take a picture, throw them back. They, I mean. I have I haven't heard of very many people ever cleaning and eating a muskie, and yeah. all the years. So now you got all these muskies after you know they reproduce just like anything else. How many they reproduce when they have? Who I don't know. But you look at the forage basis that we had in Malax twenty years ago, and I mean they they're telling you there's no walleyes in the lake. There's so many walleyes in Malax Lake it'll scare you. I right. mean, who can you believe? I mean the DNR. I, I I used to be in. I used to back the DNR. Now I'm coming to the conclusion. You know, we're out fishing tulipies and we're catching walleyes at 40 feet of water. We're catching perch, nice perch at 40 feet of water. And the tulipies were catching got marks on them where you could see something bit them. Well, you know, it wasn't a walleye that was biting these big. It was. I mean, they were ripped apart. So it was either a big daughter or a big muskie. I'm thinking, right. you know. Muskie fish, it's, it's a fish. Everybody likes to catch them. They're huge. They're trophies. They're, they're cool-looking fish. The big daughters, are, I mean, the fish are cool-looking fish, and they're fun to catch. But you gotta, you got to know when to say, hey, enough is enough. we got to do something here. Sure, and that's the controversy that I don't even know where to start in terms of how to sort that mess out, you know? And that's the, that's the million-dollar question that everybody's talking about right now. 
Yeah, I think there, Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of talk about it in uh, the next. Well, especially this session, uh, we'll see if anything happens. But I know those a lot of resort owners and, and cabin owners up there uh, in the Otter Tail area, up that neck of the woods, are uh, really kind of pushing for this, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I know the governor up there is uh, behind it, and and so we will see what happens. But uh, it's one of those things. I think you're kind of. <laughs> kind of damned if you do, you damned if you don't, because you're going to tick somebody off on one side or the other. Yeah, I'd say that about sums it up perfectly, actually. Yeah, well, it sounds good, Nick. We appreciate your time. Nick from uh, TonkaFishing.com, any uh, last final thoughts before we let you go and get back to the show? No, I would just say uh, looking forward to see you guys out on the water this summer. Sounds good. Well, we will definitely uh, run into you. It sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks for having me on. I certainly appreciate it. No problem. Best of luck to you. Take care. That is Nick Cox from uh, Tonka Fishing and TonkaFishing.com. You can check him out um, on uh, Facebook or uh, online, TonkaFishing.com. And uh, Kudok, we maybe have to talk a little bit more about this uh, whole musky thing because, uh, I don't know, I've got you going here in a couple of weeks, so it might be a good week to do that. We'll see, huh? Well, you know, I... I... I, I am at the point right now, Stan, that they're going to do what they want to do. After they've yeah. done what they did to blacks again for the last how many years, and, you know, you, you're looking at all the studies, and you look at this, and you look at that. All right, so what's prairie closes the season down, but, you know, we've been telling them, and, I mean, the guys that fish blacks, they don't have any walleyes or in the lake. You know, we got, uh, you know, we got no moose in the state, but they got an island up there that, that they got an overpopulation of moose. We talked about this, like, so they're gonna, now they're going to haul more wolves in there to kill these moose. Well, trap the moose. Instead of giving you guys a raise down there in the department, you know, trap, you know, tranquilize some of these moose, take them over, plant them over here, plant them over there, and get our moose. I mean, there's ways to do stuff. They're not doing it the way they should. Well, you you hit a good point as far as studies upon studies upon studies, and like we were talking with Nick and uh, I mentioned earlier, there's been a lot of studies that that say muskies are not detrimental to the other populations of fish, and and you have the right to believe that study or not believe that study. But now they're asking for more money to do a study. Well, if these studies in the DNR says and the muskie guys, let's let's take the walleye guys side here. You know, the muskie guys are saying, oh, they don't hurt the walleye population. They don't hurt the perch population. They don't hurt the panfish population. The studies the DNR has done and say a lot of those say the same thing. Well, now they want to do another study. Well, why would it be any different? If the science is correct, why the hell do you have to do spend another 50 grand and do another study if you have all these studies that supposedly back it up? Well, if I'm wrong, didn't they just hire a gentleman from, that was in Lake Erie or... Lake of the Woods. He was up at Lake of the Woods, but he's, been a, he's supposed to be this big biologist, and, and he says, comes to Mille Lacs, he's been here for six months, and he says, oh, there's nothing wrong with Mille Lacs. You know, there's shortage of walleye, shortage of this, shortage of that. Well, you know what? They put the test nets in the same spot every year on Mille Lacs. They yep. do this, they do that. All right, so how, how how can this guy walk in there, and he's there for that period of a time, and telling me that uh, you know there's nothing wrong with the lake, and that we're and we're all we're all sitting there because we're fishing it all the time. We've been here for forty years or whatever, and you know we're catching. You get these guys in the big bass deals coming up here, and they're complaining because they caught so many walleyes instead of bass. Yeah, 
So, I mean, it, 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 it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it, it's it, it's kind of like politics, you know, and a lot of it is. It uh, depends if you uh, fall on the left side of the aisle or the right side of the aisle. You're always going to tweak those numbers or those studies uh, kind of to your uh, liking, I guess. So uh, it'll be uh, fun to watch and see where this goes. I know I got some friends that are big, big musky guys, and, of course, you're a big, big walleye guy. So it'll be interesting for myself anyway to kind of uh, – you know, get it from both sides and hear both sides. I know I brought it up to the musky guys, and first thing, ah, they don't eat walleye. Your walleye guys are nuts, you know, stuff like this. So it'll it'll be definitely a fun to watch. We'll chat a little bit more, but we got to take a quick break. You can call in and chime out for the muskies, against the muskies, for the walleyes, against the walleyes. Love to hear from you. Six five one nine eight nine five eight five five six five one. Nine eight nine five eight five five. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Got a lot of pictures up there, videos, uh, uh, links to our guests, and all that fun stuff. So check us out, Outdoor Adventures on Facebook. And we'll be back to wrap things up. Got a few uh, hot rods and motorcycles to chat about yet before we go, and uh, we'll get into that here coming up when Outdoor Adventures continues here on Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty FM one zero three five and the free iHeartRadio app. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Yeehaw, we're back for one more segment here on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. My name is Stan Poggle. And my host, uh, Chris Kudak, legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer. He's, he's got a little more credentials when it comes to the fishing, but I, I'm slowly creeping up on you, Kudak. I, I might get there in about 80 more years. Yeah, yeah, about the time they, they put me in the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then I'll be catching you real quick. <laughs> yeah, then you can take my credentials over. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, I am the two-time reigning bottle bass champion. Not everybody can be that, you know. No, no, uh, Rochelle is it help you. We were just talking about you the other day about uh, that beer you drink. And, oh, we were we were just laughing about the last time that we had Rochelle and uh, his buddy in the fish house with his bad bomber hat on, and you gave him that beer. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is a video you have to see. That is actually on our Facebook page, and if you want to see an old-timer drink a new, uh, we'll call it a millennial-type beer, uh, check out that Facebook post. Uh, just look for the guy in the bomber hat. It's under the video section of Outdoor Adventures, and uh, you'll definitely get a kick out of it. Yeah, that was um, Gawie J from up in uh, Cold Cave that was with us there. Yeah, we were we were we were chuckling about that. They said, you know, Stan, Sidecar Stan is really a nice guy, but he's got to start drinking better beer. He said. <laughs> <laughs> we were laughing. Yeah, well, we'll have to uh, get him in the fish house again or maybe out on the boat this summer. But uh, we do have a caller, Kudak, that wanted to chime in as far as the uh, fish populations on Mille Lacs. Uh, let's welcome in Nick. Uh, how are we doing? And welcome to Outdoor Adventures, Nick. Doing great. So what did you want to uh, comment on speci- specifically? You know, I've just been hearing a lot about... Uh, this walleye population in the DNR, and now it's going to be another catch and release season. Um, I got to tell you, I was up there three times this winter perch fishing. And when you're fishing in a little tiny hole on a lake that big, we probably caught in our group at least 15 to 20 walleyes every time we went there. And we were out deep, we were up shallow on the reef. I mean, it's ridiculous to say that there's a low population of walleyes in that lake. 
when you're catching that many fish a trip in these one, two-day trips, you know, from a little hole in the ice, and they're all ranging between 17 and, and we got a 28-incher. I mean, it's I think it's ridiculous what the, the DNR is doing, and it's got to be, you know, the most mismanaged lake, you know, probably in the state. Yeah, if you think about it, Nick, now they closed their season down again, and back when I started, there was many, many resorts on the lake, and now there's probably at the most maybe 15 or 20. So to me, and I stopped up and see, every time I go up there, I stop and see Bill Lundin, very good friend of Mars. He does a lot of stuff. And a lot of the resort owners over there, uh, I mean, besides the DNR screwing up the lake, they're killing these businesses up there. I mean, you you got to These guys are trying to make a living with the mom-and-pop deal going on, and they can't because now, you know, nobody wants to go there. They say, well, we can't catch no fish there. I mean, i got a cabin there. I've been paying taxes for 50, 60 years, and I can't take my grandkid or my my great-grandkid or my wife out to catch a couple of walleyes. You know, they're, and the, the tax base in Mille Lacs County is terrible because of the casino because they're buying all the land up. But the Indians could go in that what they want, and they could fish what they want. Is there anybody checking that? No. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I remember about five years ago when I was in high school, I had to write a 15-page research paper, and I wrote it on, on the mismanagement of that lake and how it's just, you know, declined so much. I, I, I listened to my dad talk about back in the 80s and the 90s how it was just the ultimate lake to go catch, you know, your walleye. That's where you went on opener every year. And and now you know you hear about it like this, and it's just it's sad to see. It's sad that it could be one of the greatest you know bodies of water for, for for walleye you know in the country, and it's just it's it's gone so far downhill. It's it's sad to see. Well, uh, too, Nick, I want to mention too. I think that's part of it, though. People hear this and see this on the news, and there's no wall, and then it starts to you know, brew and people start thinking there aren't walleyes in there. And I can tell you, uh, you're probably a lot better fisherman than I am. And I've made a few trips up there in the last couple of years and I've had very good luck on the walleyes and, and, uh, you know, so they're obviously, they are in there. Um, they are biting. And I, I think a lot of it too is a perception problem, not only from the media, but you know, a lot of, fishermen saying oh the lake's dead the lake's dead well the lake isn't dead it's just you can't keep them but there are yeah, a lot of fish in there it's ridiculous it's, it's so bad i mean you go up there and you, you try to catch you could, I, could have had you know limits between three guys the last three times we've gone up there on walleyes and you know we got our slot fish you know one a person or whatever but it's just it's just sad to see i mean it's just really sad to see well, thanks for uh, tuning in to Outdoor Adventures, Nick, and uh, best of luck, uh, late ice here, and uh, we're looking forward to spring, too. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Yep, thanks for calling in. That is uh, Nick uh, chiming in on the deal there. Well, we only got about a minute left to go. Uh, uh, speaking of good old boys, I believe, what is it, Bo Duke, I think, is at the World of Wheels out there at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium this weekend, Kudak. So, yeah, yeah, I, Bo, Bo or Luke, what a, the blonde-haired one, he's down there. I see that yep. on, the, on the promo that I got. Yep. But I'll tell you what, if guys want to go have fun right now, Dickie over on the east side of Mille Lacs, got a road out to the Dime Mile, he's got a road to the Sliver, he's got a road over to the Perch Hole where we're catching Perch in 40 feet of water. You know what? We got a nice road going out there. He's got slots to go park. If you want to go catch some tulipies and have fun, and you'll get some perch. Yep. I mean, and 
northern season or yeah, northern season's open. I think till the end of the month here, and they are. We we got some northerns out there. But if a guy wants to go out and catch two piece, or if you want to go catch panfish, go try these small lakes around Malax. They're catching panfish on Platt and Sullivan, and and they're doing pretty well over there. Sounds good. That is legendary guide and freshwater fishing hall of famer Chris Kudak. I am Stan Poggle, two-time reigning bottle bass champion. Hopefully you enjoyed the show here on Outdoor Adventures. We, we uh, thank you for your feedback. And uh, maybe we'll get in a little more controversy next week. It's always fun to get people going. Black Republican, Black Democrat is coming up next here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Enjoy your time in the outdoors. Yeah,